see some more um, videos pop up on there this year there's very few people that are willing to kind of show you much behind the scenes of what goes on in fashion photography and i don't know whether or not that's down to people being kind of scared to give away secrets or it's just not a priority or whatever but to have someone like yourself with your amazing work doing such a thing is is really um is really inspiring before we get to all of that let's start off with just simply why it is that you became a photographer well, thank you for, for thank you for like watching the channel and supporting everything. That's really good. I'm glad that it's helping people. Um, I sort of got into photography mainly because I was interested in films. So back in the day when I was like 13, 14, I actually was on YouTube back then doing like um, sort of, I don't know how to describe it. I think the genre has kind of disappeared now, but it was like bedroom vlogging. Like you'd literally just sit down put the camera up and talk about, talk about stuff. So from that, I, I got a DSLR so I could sort of make my quality a bit better with that. And then I was just doing like taking random pictures of stuff. Um, and then I went to college for film and media. So it was more like a film, mainly a film course, but included a little bit of photography and radio and just different sort of media topics. Um, and I wanted to really be a film director, but I always found myself kind of not into long sort of, feature length films and stuff I was more into like quick snappy stuff like music videos and adverts um and then obviously I had my DSLR and everything and what got me into photography specifically was me and my friend Kishi who does like styling and creative direction now but we were in class together and we just used to sort of take pictures of each other just for Instagram and then eventually that kind of developed from just taking a quick picture on the street to like oh let's go to Notting Hill and let's wear this outfit and let's take pictures of each other. And we started doing that more and more and it started to, it started to become fashion photography basically. So I really found an interest in that and I just sort of ran with it and started looking at, um, looking at different photographers and magazines, um, doing loads of research into how to retouch and all of that sort of thing. And then I eventually found out about model tests and how I could work with agency models. And I started doing that. And it just sort of went from there. And I decided that photography was what I wanted to do. It kind of shifted away from film because as I said, I was more focused in, more focused on like stuff that was quite quick. And I found photography had the kind of aesthetic of film that I liked, but it was much more instant because I'm, I'm quite an impatient person. So yeah, that's kind of how I fell into photography, I guess. I mean, to jump in with two feet on making really ridiculous assumptions. One thing I do notice with photographers, you sort of can tell from the outside, I think in a lot of cases, the ones that have got into photography from a technical point of view and the ones who have got into photography from an artistic point of view. And Mm. those that get into it for a technical reason, they tend to do a lot of repetition. They tend to do lots of box ticking. And I feel like fashion photography is one of those genres where the technical side of things, as technical as it can be, always plays second fiddle to kind of the expression and the artistic side of things. And that's one of the things I noticed with your work. And please feel free to knock me down if I'm wrong here, but I definitely feel like you're, you're very much a rule breaker in the sense of, you know, you're making stuff fit a vision as opposed to just trying to show off technical ability. I guess so. I mean, I'm not a hugely technical person. I mean, I can do technical things, but I never, as I've gotten older, I think I've sort of, come away from like focus on gear and equipment and people are always asking about equipment and stuff. I'm like, I don't really care. Like I just, I'll just shoot with whatever. Um, but yeah, I think fashion photography is definitely that kind of genre. But for me, I kind of, I kind of wish I was more artistic. I kind of feel sometimes I'm a little bit, I feel a bit safe. Like there's some people who are just crazy artists and they just, they push the boundary so much. And sometimes I feel like, oh, maybe I'm a bit safe, you know. Um, but I'm glad to, to hear you say that, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, I come from a, a much more technical background in the sense that I picked up photography and the first thing I wanted to do was to to learn everything from 
forums, and that's probably why I'm such a miserable human being at this point. Because learning stuff online tends to tends to go that way because it's just lots of people shouting at each other. But I, I find with your work, I'm I'm never I, I don't know. This is definitely meant to be a compliment, and I'm I'm terrible with words, so it's a good <laughs> job I have a podcast. But I never find myself looking at the technical side of what you're doing. I just find myself being enamored with the image as a whole. Whereas with more technical photographers, I tend to just be kind of breaking down their image. I, I'm kind mm. of analytical, whereas with yours, I'm just kind of, I drink in the whole image in one go. What, what is it that you most enjoy about doing fashion photography in particular? I think with fashion, it's just the creativity. I mean, I think, I feel like fashion photography is quite broad. I mean, it's obviously fashion and clothes, but I kind of, I kind of um, see it as any image that's been styled or like put together. So where someone's actually chosen an outfit, someone's done the hair, someone's done the makeup. I feel like that's where it's kind of differs from maybe just like portrait. Um, so it's just the creativity for me and the fact that you can create, create narratives around your subject. You can really just push the boundaries with the styling, with the hair and the makeup. I think it's a whole, it's the whole team for me, I think, um, that sort of brings fashion photography together and you can just tell stories, be creative and just express yourself however, really. And how does that compromise go when you're working in a team? Because, you know, who, who's leading the vision and who's making the final call on what is and isn't working? I think it depends on sort of, it varies a different, depending on what the shoot is and depending on what kind of stage you're at in sort of your career and things. At the moment, when you're working on a small team, it's kind of a lot down to the photographer and also the stylist because they're bringing the actual fashion to the shoot. But I feel like as you sort of advance, you have people like um, art directors and creative directors and those sort of people. It's more of a collaboration between the photographer and them. Um, but I, I, when you're working on a smaller team or on a smaller project, I think a lot of the responsibility for that comes from the photographer and everyone sort of looks to you for like what you're doing. And sometimes it can be a bit daunting because you're like, ah, sometimes, I mean, I enjoy it sometimes. And sometimes like, I just want to kind of take a back seat and, and see what other people have to offer as well. Um, but yeah, a lot of the time it's down to photographer. Well, I feel like with me, it would be not that I'm ever remotely going to get close to the level that you're shooting, but for me, the, the panic would be that I'm a control freak and that I would, I would freak out about having to hand over the reins to someone else. And obviously to say that you're happy to kind of, or sometimes you're looking to take a back seat and kind of let things move that way. I think that's the difference between uh, portrait photographers and fashion photographers in the big sense, because a portrait photographer tends to want to work almost entirely alone. The subject's almost a distraction for what they're doing. And the, when you get a fashion photographer, there's obviously, it's much more like, um, like a movie where there's just, you are one part of a large team that's kind of moving the whole thing forwards. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. I think that especially on these big shoots, um, like these big editorials and campaigns and things, a lot of the time the, the photographer will get all the credit, but it's, it is, uh, you're only as good as your team is what I always sort of go by. And I feel like the rest of the team, the model as well, the, the stylist, the creative director, art director, whoever's on set can really push the shoot, take it to a different level. Um, cause a lot of the time as a photographer, you can get stuck in a certain vision of what you already had planned. Like you plan out your shoot, you're referencing a mood board and you can kind of get stuck in that. And you're just sort of focusing on, you're also thinking about lighting and composition and posing and all these different things. But when other people are on set and they can sort of see something that you might miss and push it in a different direction. And then you kind of just go with the flow and it actually turns out better than what you would have done originally. So that's what I kind of like about working in a team and before we get to the actual shoot obviously there has to be some kind of planning stage um so where is your inspiration coming from and are you a mood boarder are you someone that collects images and uses kind of visuals to pass on ideas how does how does the the planning stage work for you yeah definitely a mood boarder i kind of sometimes i struggle to i could sometimes i can't do anything about references i need to see sometimes i need to see that it has been done a certain way and then i can look at it in and flip it into my own sort of vision. Um, so definitely that mood boards, Pinterest, Instagram, um, and music is really inspiring to me as well. Sometimes I just listen to a song and hear like a lyric or something and it, it brings a vision into my head and then I can kind of use that to create a shoot around that. Um, sometimes I, I'm kind of getting a little bit tired of like Pinterest and Instagram though, like a, a, sometimes when looking at other people's images can kind of 
not take you anywhere. So at the moment I'm trying to watch more films, um, maybe look into other art forms that look at other art forms that I can get inspired by rather than just direct references to what's been done before in terms of photography. Um, so I'm trying to kind of push my artistic limits a little bit on what I can be inspired by, but, um, yeah, definitely Pinterest, Instagram, um, mood boards, that sort of thing. And obviously working with models is something that absolutely terrifies a lot of people. I feel like it's uh, an underappreciated skill to be able to work with uh, people that, well, to basically to photograph people. There's, there's so much psychology involved and there's so much about confidence building and trust. And you, know, you have to be able to communicate the idea correctly. There's a lot more to it than what people think. I often use the analogy of like when you're a landscape photographer, provided like you essentially are capable of hiking or whatever and getting to somewhere at the right time of day, the place exists. You just go there, photograph it. It doesn't feed back. You can't piss off a landscape. You can't you know, <laughs> lose a, a landscape's confidence or anything like that. Whereas with, with models, with, with human subjects, you have to be, you know, you have to come correct and you have to have the right attitude for working with those people, especially to, to keep and build up that trust. In terms of like coaching subjects or working with subjects, what's your directorial style like? Are you quite firm? Are you quite open? What's What do you like to uh, be photographed by? Uh, it kind of differs. I mean, some people, it depends on who you're shooting and how they sort of come into the room. Um, some people need a bit more direction. Some people, they just kind of, you show them the mood board and they just get it. And, you know, I, we tried to create a mood with um, music and everything. The styling obviously gets them in the, in the mood. Um, so yeah, it depends on who, who I'm working with. I kind of, I don't like to be too firm. Like I'm not too like, um, you know, put your hand here, do this, do that. Sometimes I'll start with that and then just let the subject kind of flow, flow with it. Um, but yeah, some people need more, di more direction than others. Um, because not, not necessarily that they can't do model or can't pose. It's, that's not how they work. So sometimes you have to find how, how they work and how you're sort of working together. Um, but yeah, I'm not usually too strict of, with things. I kind of come with a, my original idea and then from there we just flow and see what happens and just go from there. Well, something that I think is really important if you work in any kind of creative field, um, in fact, anything you want to improve at is to try and always be the least talented person on the team because then you're mm. always surrounded by people that have so much skill and obviously that doesn't work for everyone. Otherwise, there'd be some kind of weird endless cycle. But... <laughs> It's, it's always great to surround yourself with people that are really talented. I do think that there are certain personalities that are almost scared of not being uh, the biggest thing involved with a project. And I think quite often that can be detrimental. When it comes to working with like stylists, art directors, um, makeup artists and so on, how much of their skill are you paying attention to and, and how much of it actually rubs off in terms of, you know, the styling, the directing, the management? I 100% agree. Like I... I, that's my goal to work with people who are better than me because then that, that pushes me further and pushes and makes me work harder. And, and I learn a lot from them. Um, I think at the moment, sort of the people that I work with, yeah, I do, I do really think that they're, they're talented and I do sort of in, enjoy that process of collaborating with, with people who are really good at what they do. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that's, that's essential to, to growth. I never want to be the person who's, I never just want to be, feel like I'm the best person in the room and just that, that doesn't, that doesn't um, fulfill me at all. Definitely not. I feel like there's, there's photographers, mostly in people photography. I'm sure there's other avenues of this and I'm just a little bit ignorant, but there's a, there's a lot of photographers that photograph people that are lots of icing and not much cake in the sense of, you know, they'll have either, I mean, the most obvious thing is just people go out and they buy a lens that will blow out a background and then that's it. They're now a photographer and, you know, they don't really work on, on lighting. They don't really work on, on other things because they've, they've got that one thing down. Something I find yeah. with your work is that there's lots of cake and lots of icing. Uh, there's lots of substance. There's lots of fundamentals that are there, which make the image, um, enjoyable and, and, and have depth to it. But also like sometimes there are images of yours. I, I was, particularly referencing like your light painting images mm. where it feels like the, the base image, if it was to be shot without the light painting side of things would be, would be a great image, but it's just that extra layer that takes it to just the next level. Is that something that you focus on where you perhaps get into the studio or you get onto a shoot and you've got, everything's now working and you feel kind of safe that 
the shots are coming through and you can then start to experiment and push the envelope a little bit and see where it goes. Yeah, definitely. I, I kind of, I, yeah, I've, from the work I've done, I never want to create an image that's just completely safe. I like to sort of look at it. I'm like, okay, cool. It's good. What can I add to it? whether it be on set, like just adding, it could just be adding an extra light somewhere or it could be adding a little reflection somewhere or it could be in post-production where I'm like in Photoshop and I can just manipulate something and just give it that extra bit of, that extra edge that sort of pushes it over. So yeah, I'm always looking for what can take the image to the next level, but I think there's also something in in quite simple, clean imagery as well. I never want to overcomplicate things or take if if i'm really trying to focus on capturing the subject i don't really want to take away from that so it depends on what the shoot is but i'm I'm usually looking for that extra thing that's just going to add a little a little something and take it over the edge i apologize for the incredibly broad and stupid question but um, i'm always fascinated with i think there's an interesting entire world of perspective when it comes to how some people view their own work compared to how it's viewed by others you know that everyone has their own way of no one really knows what they look like no one really knows what they're doing looks like without the bias of being themselves so it's always quite interesting to hear people talk about their own work with regards to yours do you feel like you have a signature or do you feel like you have something that is is your own that you bring to every shoe you know is what is an Ian Hippolyte image I think it's still developing it's always developing and, and sort of changing um for me, you know, I shoot a lot of models. I shoot a lot of women. I always want my subject to be quite strong. I never want it, them to feel kind of, um, kind of like weak or small. I always like my images to be my subject to feel quite dominant and bold in my images. And that can be done through, it can be done different ways. It's, there's not one way of doing that. So I think for me, capturing sort of strong women is always something that I've, I've always focused on in terms of technically my images kind of differ. I, I quite like high contrast. I like a lot of, um, I like a lot of shadow. I like, I just, I just like my images to feel quite bold. And I feel like that's the, the main thing. I, d- I never really want it to feel too safe. Um, so yeah, that's, <laughs> it's kind of hard to, dis- hard to describe. Um, but I think that's, that's the best way that I can sort of put it. Strong women, bold, dominant, contrasty, um, yeah, I think that, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, I agree. It's a bullshit question, but it's, it's one of those ones that kind of leads to an interesting avenue. I do apologize, but it was worth it. You, you said the word bold. And I think like the, the biggest thing that stands out with me and I'm thinking now I'm, I normally have a website up while I work, but I haven't got it up and I'm now scared to load it while I'm recording and doing other things because I'm <laughs> having one of those kinds of days when it comes to luck. But when I think of your images, I think of really, really bold colours. Like I don't think I know of an image that you've taken that's black and white, other than maybe one street portrait that I can think of off the top of my head. Mm. You know, that understanding of colour, colour theory, that that understanding of what's going to be dominant, what's going to work well together. Is that is that an underappreciated skill, do you think? I think so. It's not something I think of too heavily. I'm never really it just it's just what looks good in like my eye. I never really sort of look at a color and think, oh, what's the opposite on, on the color theory chart? Like it's just whatever looks good. If it doesn't work in my, in my vision, it just doesn't work. Um, so yeah, color is, I, I do enjoy color, especially red. I feature red a lot in my images. Um, but I also do love a good black and white. Um, and I wish I would do it more, but it's kind of difficult. Um, sometimes when you're just collaborating with people, because you know, the makeup artist wants color. So you can see like the skin and the eyes and the lips and everything. And, um, maybe the hairstylist wants colors as well. The stylist often is pulled, pulled certain colors for a certain reason. So sometimes it's hard to do black and white when you're collaborating with people, but I do love a good black and white image as well. Just the contrast. I think when you get the right level of contrast in a black and white image, I think it's, it, it's so great. Well, that instinct that you have for what works, like you're mentioning not being technical with with looking at things like color theory, but kind of just having a good eye for what works. Is that something where you know, you having a good knowledge of fashion in general and having obviously very good taste, is is that what it comes down to? Is that just kind of having an interest in the actual subject makes a big difference? I think so. I mean, yeah, I think it's it's down to a lot of research, just looking at what's come before. Um, 
I mean, you can always break rules or do things differently. Uh, there's not one way to do things or one way to, but it's just what looks, what works for you, I think is, is the main thing. Cause sometimes we'll be on set and I'll think something looks great and the stylist doesn't, but I mean, we just, we go, we'll just be like, Oh, let's, let's just do both and see what happens. Um, so yeah, I mean, sometimes my opinion differs to other people. Um, but as the sort of, as the photographer, I'm sort of, you kind of have to, sometimes your team has to trust your vision and be like, okay, this is, he knows what's right for him. We're working with him. He knows what he wants to do and they kind of just believe in it and trust it. And then sometimes it, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it does. It's sort of just a bit of trial and error, um, in terms of, in terms of what looks good. Um, but I think a lot of the time, yeah, there is a sort of natural instinct into, into what works and what doesn't. Well, there wouldn't be one of my podcasts without me being a cynical prick about something. So <laughs> something that I know from, from experience happens a lot when you're photographing people, when there's a team involved, is the, the potential for things to just not go as planned, things just just not quite work out as maybe the inspiration said it would, or, you know, th- there could be personalities that just don't mix on the set, things like that. So in terms of sort of troubleshooting, from the point of view of being, I mean, one thing I do have to ask really quickly is how old are you? I'm 22. Jesus Christ. That is, <laughs> no offense, but that is depressing. How are you 22 and that good? All right. Anyway, so from the point of view of, oh, that's, that's put me in a bad mood now, but yeah, 22. Okay. So how are you, how are you dealing with, you know, potentially things just not working on a, on a set? You know, what, what's, what's the tips of what does and doesn't, um, effectively fix things that aren't quite going to plan? Well, up until maybe just a couple of months ago, everything was, every, I never had any like major problems on, on set at all. Um, but things have happened. Like um, we've been, I was doing a shoot a couple of weeks ago and literally the model came on time and everything. And it was just like, we had this whole concept planned. We had all the styling planned and everything. And then she's like, oh, um, yeah, I, I don't really want to do that. Um, I want to do something really simple. And she was like, Oh, and also we have to, I have to leave at six. And we were all just like, okay. <laughs> so we just had to sort of go with it. We, we did, we did, um, kind of, we just changed the whole concept and we ended up getting some, some decent images out of it. And we just had to save what we originally planned for another day. Um, so you just, sometimes you just get thrown these like curveballs and you just have to sort of go with it and, I mean, it doesn't always, you just have to make the best of what you have. Um, you know, you might have planned to do this crazy makeup and hair and then you just have to end up doing like a simple portrait, but then there's power in both of those things. So, you know, you just have to kind of adapt. Um, but that's, yeah, that's the only sort of things that have happened. Sometimes you're not, people turn up late and you have less time, but yeah, it's just about adapting, um, communicating with your team, um, and not getting too stressed out. I'm quite a um, calm person and people are often surprised that I'm quite relaxed and calm. So it's not, it's not usually too bad for me, but yeah, it can be, it can be, sometimes things happen and you have to try and adapt to it. I think that's the main thing. Just be willing to, to change and adapt. The problem I always had was my face always looks like how I feel. So <laughs> yeah. when, when something like that happens, it, I don't have to say anything and people know what mood I'm in. So it's, it's very hard for me to hide. In fact, usually when I'm in a good mood, I still look like that, but, um, it's very hard for me to hide that. I mean, you know, you're kind of referencing something there that's, there's a bit of a stereotype about models that comes really from outside of the modeling industry. Um, and it's probably a little bit antiquated at this point, but it is something that still kind of goes on and on. When I tell people that I photograph models, it's usually the first stop that people have, which is to kind of say that it must be really hard work, that models are divas. Models mm-hmm. are very hard people to get along with and so on. That They're not particularly, I don't know, not particularly nice people or they're hard work or whatever. How, how have you found your experience of working with models? Obviously not including the one that decided that she wanted to change the whole concept at the last minute. <laughs> um, I haven't had any problems. I mean, everyone's been, everyone's been really nice. Well, if you've not had any problems, I mean, that's, that, firstly, that's a good sign in the sense that like, you're obviously picking the right people to work with for the most part. And I really hope I don't jinx that now for you because... I'm fully now expecting you to message me in a couple of weeks time and blame me for, for the next one that you do when they turn up and are a complete cretin. But it, okay. So w- what's your selection process when it comes to models? What are you looking for 
when you're picking models for projects? Are you, are you going through images? And like one of the things I always look for is hands. I look what they're doing mm-hmm. with their hands because I feel like no matter how pretty someone is, you know, you can get a guy that's really good looking, great jawline and everything. And if his hands look awkward, it tells you that he's not 100% comfortable. He wasn't when that picture was taken. And maybe this mm. is someone that's going to take a little bit more work. What are you looking for when you're going through sort of model selection? I'm just looking for, aside from like strong physical like features and things, I'm just looking for someone that can bring character. Like if I look, if I see the shoot concept and I can tell what the concept is of the shoot and if they're sort of giving that character that fitting the the theme and the working with the styling and everything, that's mainly what I look for. Just someone that can sort of get into, get into character. Um, so that might be, you know, being really strong, having a lot of attitude, it might be something a bit softer. Um, but yeah, just looking for someone who can sort of feel the vibe that you're the energy that the shoot has and then adapt to that and sort of bring that on camera. That's the main thing I think. This is something I just, I don't know about the way that, people that produce work like you go about things. So I apologize for the, the pure ignorance here, but are you shooting in, or is, is the way that you're shooting, are you just going shoot to shoot? And, you know, you have this idea, you're going to do it on this shoot. And then the next time you shoot, you're just going to try another idea. Or is there like a connective theme through what you're doing? You're trying, you know, every time you're planning something, it's with the view of building a body of work that has like a connective look to it. Um, I think it's sort of, my mind can be quite eclectic sometimes and I kind of want to experiment with different things. So it, it can be a little bit of both. Um, I think you need to have that kind of cohesiveness to your work. Um, especially if you want to do like an exhibition or put together like a book or, or something, you just want your, everything to be quite cohesive. So, I mean, sometimes I will go with that vision of sort of building on a series that I've done previously, but sometimes I just want to try something new. So I, um, you know, find references and I want to experiment with a new light technique or, you know, like the light painting one that you referenced before. I just really wanted to try that out. And it's, it's potentially something that I'll carry through in other, in other works. Um, cause I like the effect that it has, but I think, yeah, it's a mixture of both. It's kind of experimenting with new ideas and new techniques. And then sometimes trying to sort of stick with build a, build a cohesive body of work and kind of, um, stick with, with that. I'm still stuck on the 22 parts. I'm really trying not to be mean about it, but my God, like I, I there's one thing about this podcast is that I've just felt infinitely old and I'm only in my early thirties. So my, my incredulity aside, sorry. In terms, yeah, you should, you should be sorry. It's, it's really hard. All right. It's been a hard year and now I just feel fucking old. In terms of photography as a whole, you know, the actual process, picking up a camera, the shooting part, the editing part, all of that. What's, what's the best and worst part of being a photographer for you? Trying to market yourself is the hardest thing ever. Um, and I'm quite good at like marketing. I have ideas and I'm quite creative when it comes to that sort of thing. But literally, yeah, shooting, editing, that stuff, that's easy. That's whatever. It's marketing yourself and trying to break into the industry is it's just the hardest thing because it can feel a lot of the time, especially when you're working and you feel confident in your work, you can feel like, yeah, I, not that I'm like deserving of stuff, but like my work is at a level where I feel like I can, I can do certain things. And then it's like, you reach out to those, those people, you try to find people to connect with, you just get no response, no feedback. And then you're just kind of stuck like, okay, what is, am I doing something wrong? Have I not done enough? Um, you just end up just stuck. You don't know where to go. And I feel like that's, that's the worst thing about being a photographer or maybe the photography industry is that there's just, there's, you're not, you're kind of not in control of your own career when it comes to fashion specifically. I think you're not kind of, you, you kind of feel out of control of your own career because you're waiting for someone to give you an opportunity. It's like your whole you're, you've invested so much, you've done so much work that you think is good that other people are responding to, but you're just waiting for an email from whoever to give you a job. And I feel like that's kind of the worst part of it about it for me. Well, fashion is notoriously a, a who you know business as opposed to a what you know business. Mm-hmm. And obviously, God forbid that I actually act like I know what I'm talking about here, but it, it feels like if you've got someone that is frustratingly only 22, they're already producing the work like what you are, then that's a solid investment because it's not like, um, you know, you're taking on uh, someone that maybe is not, uh, like as people get older, trust me, 
we become less adaptable and we become more kind of set in our ways. We become more set in our style. When you have someone that's 22 and they're already producing a high standard of work, there's a lot of room for growth there. And you, you're yeah. not starting off at, at like, you know, ground zero. You're, you're, you've already got some pretty decent foundations in and you've got this amazing body of work. It just, that's, I, I can completely see why that would be the frustrating side of things because there's no real reason that it should be a who you know industry. Because one thing I have to ask you, and it's something that I see all the time, especially with fashion, is that do you find yourself seeing some advertising campaigns and just kind of wondering how on earth they landed on, on that photography? for that brand like how is a brand that has that much money lands on something that's kind of so underwhelming yeah i mean i do see that a lot and then obviously i can't just put it as like it's business it's whatever you just need to sell the product um which is fair enough but i feel like what happens is it's fine if 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 the photo is super simple you know any sort of experienced photographer could have done it but i feel like if that's the case why not bring in people who do need the opportunity of people who are new in the industry to create some of those images because, you know, someone who's been shooting for 40 years, they've done that a million times, like bring in someone new, give them that opportunity to, to shoot that stuff, especially if it's so simple that it, it can't really go that wrong. You know, you, you can bring in fresh talent. I think that's what, what frustrates me about that. Um, I mean, obviously people who have been in the industry for a long time, They've got, um, they've got that sort of prestige around their name. Their name also brings weight to the campaign. Um, but yeah, I, I think that brands should look at bringing in some some new people, especially to shoot stuff that isn't too complicated. You know, I just feel like they should probably do that. <laughs> well, the film industry has the idea of like executive producers, which is like quite often you see Scorsese or or someone at working as an executive producer. All that really means is that they've done some form of hookup and they've basically been okay to set up their name being associated with a project that they're mm. actually not directing and that it gives an opportunity for another director to produce something but with the weight of that other person and it definitely doesn't feel like maybe the the elders of, of fashion photography are doing an awful lot to help out people at the bottom i mean i know there was a, a lot of uproar with annie Leibovitz getting uh, her 10 millionth not literally, but her 10 million Vogue cover in a row when there's so many other people kind of waiting in the wings. There's so many different artists that get ignored constantly. She's someone that I'm, maybe I'm just really ignorant, but I've never seen entirely why the hype is what it is. And there's definitely people out there that deserve a fair shake at something. You know, there's, there's also photographers that are outside of Los Angeles and New York that are probably worth a look. Yeah. You know, that's not the only place where people have imagination and creativity and talent. And and that side of it is very frustrating, especially as someone who is is constantly looking for new work to enjoy. Let, let's turn this positive because otherwise it's going to turn into my podcast and it'll be negative. In terms of feeding that creative imagination, in terms of, of keeping yourself inspired, especially when, um, like you say, it can be a hardship to kind of get the recognition that you clearly deserve for the work that you're doing. What, what do you do to keep yourself inspired as as a as a photographer, because I feel like it can't be, I mean, you've mentioned movies, but I feel like photography generally isn't the best thing for photographers to look at, to stay inspired. Yeah, definitely. I, that's what I've been finding sort of recently is I'm, I'm kind of tired of looking at other photographs. I mean, sometimes I, I do, but not currently what's going on, more like referencing stuff from, from before, um, looking back at eras from the past, I feel like is, can be quite inspiring, but I try not to look at what too much of what's going on right now because it's just I mean there is some great work going on right now but I, I don't feel like I feel like I prefer to reference stuff from before I I, I kind of but um yeah as I said I'm trying to look away from other photography and start, start to look in other places um obviously right now it's been in 2020 it's been hard to do because you know there's no there's no galleries open. There's like museums are open. You can't go to a theater show. Um, you can't go to the cinema. So it's, it's been a bit more difficult this year. Um, but, um, yeah, I think music, I would like to sort of look to nature, but I've never really found that to be that inspiring for what I do. Some people do enjoy sort of nature and landscapes and architecture. People can look at so many different things and be inspired. Um, but I think I'm still quite a, a sort of visual person. So I think music, movies, 
Um, and hopefully when things open up, I can sort of go outside and maybe go to like galleries and museums and theater and things like that to sort of find more inspiration. I mean, you mentioned before we started that things hadn't been quite as, as, uh, difficult this year as they could have been. You've still managed to do quite a bit of work, which is fantastic to hear. Uh, you know, are you, has this year kind of left you kind of very frustrated, chomping at the bit to get back out and, and create? Have you used the time to do lots of planning? You know, how do you come out of hopefully 2020 into a year that we might actually be allowed to go out the doors without the police attacking us? But um, how do you feel about, um, how do you feel about like moving forwards from here? Like what's the next step for you? I think I haven't done too much planning because there's so much uncertainty and I don't want to sort of like put any extra pressure on, on anything. Um, I've just been sort of, I've been using the time to, to really analyze my work and what I'm doing and try to just, um, I, I also sort of revived my YouTube sort of channel and everything this year. So that's been a good sort of thing to keep me occupied and something that I will continue into next year. Um, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't been sort of trying to plan too far ahead because we just don't know what, what's going to happen. Um, I think it's been a good sort of reflection period. I'm quite introverted anyway, so I don't, I'm not really out all the time. Um, so it's funny how it it affects people so differently, but, um, I'm quite introverted. So I, I did take the time to sort of look at what I'm doing, but again, with the way the sort of industry is, I, I can't really plan. I can't really plan, um, what I'm, what I'm going to do going forward. (laughs) I just have no idea. (laughs) Well, something that's really hard for photographers to do, some do it significantly worse than others is to kind of take criticism. Um, and it doesn't really matter how well intended the criticism is, you know, it doesn't take much for some people to get really upset or, or whatever. I happen to be someone that's, I'm not a particularly big fan of unsolicited, unsolicited critique. I feel like there's a, there's a lovely subset of human beings online that spend most of their time telling people how to do and never doing themselves. How do you, how do you go about reaching out for feedback on your work? Do you just take general feedback or do you approach particular people that you have trust with? I don't, I don't get any feedback, which is quite frustrating because I mean, I, I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not a fan of completely unsolicited um, critiques, but it's, it's so hard to get feedback from people. You want feedback from people who have experience and people who know what they're talking about. And it's again, the way the industry is, people don't want to let anyone in. People don't want to encourage growth. So I feel like it's hard to get that that feedback from the people who, um, not, I mean, everyone's opinion matters to some extent, but I mean, when you're trying to grow, you're looking at people who really have that experience. It's hard to get feedback from people. Um, I get, you can sometimes with social media, you can get caught up in, in positive feedback and, and that can sort of potentially inflate your ego. And you think that, you you know, everything's so great, but I think I'm quite self-aware. So I know when something's good, I know when it's not. Um, so I kind of use my, my only reference for feedback is, is myself. I know when I haven't done something good. Um, but yeah, I would like to sort of get more industry feedback. I think that there needs to be more mentors in the industry, definitely to sort of help guide and direct people. I know everyone's busy, but it'll be good to just sort of have you know, it only takes like a, a reply to an email, you know, five minutes or whatever to sort of help someone steer themselves in the right direction. Um, so I'd like to sort of see that more from people. Joe, it's funny you say that because uh, previously on the podcast, I'm not going to say who, but I had a, I had a fashion photographer um, and photographs a lot of celebrities, photographs a lot of campaigns, has actually just done some pretty big magazine covers that are coming out early next year. And, um, at the end of the, the call that we did for the podcast, he asked me for some feedback on his images and I was just mm. a bit staggered by it. And he said that he said pretty much exactly what you're saying, that the only types of people that he interacts with or that, that seem to want to speak to him are people that are either telling him his work's amazing or they don't talk. Mm. And he doesn't get like a true sense of what's working and what isn't without having to press people within the industry and it's not like it's not like that like you say there should be more mentors there should also be more uh, more of a community about it because at the end of the day it, all right you might be you know insecure to an extent for some reason about 
you know, someone coming in and taking your spot. And I think that that should be encouraging rather than that should be a source of wanting to get fired up and take the next step forward. And, you know, if there's someone that's challenging you, that's, you should take that challenge and run with it. But the lack of watering the plants, as it were, with the fashion community and to, to sort of a lesser extent, the portrait community means that, all right, right now you're the one that's, you're doing okay. But then, you know, down the line, the industry might start to suffer. And if the industry suffers, you're going to suffer whether you like it or not. So it never hurts to actually reach out and help people. And, you know, no one's ever been maligned for being the good guy, if that makes sense. I definitely agree with you on that. With, um, with, um, I need to say, obviously, a massive thank you for you taking the time to do this. We'll start to wrap up now because obviously you want to spend your day doing other things and listening to me talk. But with regards to your, your overall portfolio right now, do you look at the work that you've already done? Does that dictate the next step that you're taking? Do you kind of look at your portfolio, like you said about assessing your own work? Are you looking at your portfolio and seeing gaps that you want to fill? Or do you not think about it in that sense? You just think about projects that would be you know, inspiring and fun? No, I think definitely looking at, looking at my portfolio, um, it changes from time to time. Like I'll, I, I look at my Instagram sometimes like, Oh, I don't like it. And I'll go on my website and I'm like, Oh, this is actually great. Like I've got some good stuff on here. Um, but I think definitely looking at it and sort of filling in the gaps because I think, well, I don't know because I haven't received any feedback. I need to stop (laughs) pushing on that. But I think that, um, with the industry, they want to see something that feels cohesive and feels like you've got a point of view. So I think it's really important to sort of look at your portfolio as a whole and see what's missing, see if things fit together, remove stuff that maybe you did before that doesn't quite feel relevant anymore or relevant to your point of view. I think having a point of view is definitely a really strong sort of really a key thing to have as, as a photographer. I think that's what people people lean towards when they're looking for, for someone to work with. So I think, yeah, they're definitely looking at their portfolio and adding things, taking away things is sort of key. Let's say I have this infinite ability to, to produce something right now that you'd ask for. If I had this amazing omnipotent ability to do it, if I could stick any person in front of your camera for you to shoot a, a campaign with or to shoot just a fashion shoot with whether an editorial, whatever, is there, is there a particular person that you've always wanted to work with or a, a particular face that you'd love to photograph? Um, I really want to shoot Rihanna. I'm obsessed with Rihanna. You and me both. Just... You and me both on that one. <laughs> I honestly think that she's like the most underrated face on the planet. Literally, like so good. And I feel, feel like um, she'd be quite sort of moldable. Like you could just go different, so many different ways of her and she's not afraid to sort of... Um, She's obviously really into fashion as well. So she has an appreciation. She understands what's going on. And I feel like she'd be willing to sort of work on different concepts and things. Um, and yeah, the face, the features, just incredible. She has a great attitude, like you say. I mean, she does have that kind of, she's almost like, um, she reminds me a lot of like 90s um, models mixed with kind of almost like a rock star kind of attitude in mm-hmm. the sense of like, she's very, very confident, very, very proud of who she is. And that mix of the look is just going to create amazing photos. Yeah, definitely. With, with, we'll, we'll wrap up now. Like I say, better things to be doing than listening to me with regards to like moving forwards um, and, and having that ability to kind of predict the next step, which right now is, is literally impossible because thanks to governments, we can't predict the next day. But <laughs> if, if you're to look back over the frustratingly short time that you've been doing this, um, if you were to look back at, um, at the time that you've been doing this, is there anything that you kind of would, would give yourself advice from the perspective you have now to avoid or to do differently or to do more of? You know, What's the advice you're giving yourself to make the, the, the journey a bit easier for yourself? So it's all about people. So talking to people um in like I think interning is good I did do an internship at L magazine for a bit and that was that was a decent experience I think yeah meeting people it's all about people it's all about who you know so try and meet as many people as possible um and then meet yeah meeting people and consistency um what else can I say? I, I, I'm trying to think. What would I actually tell myself? If I could bend the question slightly, then yeah, because obviously, definitely not working as a fashion photographer myself and looking from the outside. Are there any myths about fashion photography, or is there any kind of ideas of what fashion photography is that's completely 
off kilter from what the reality of doing it as a job is? I think that one of them is that there's loads of um, budget. <laughs> there isn't. Right, like right. editorials don't pay. Magaz- like editorials don't really pay. So people think that like if you shoot for like a magazine, you know, you got paid loads of money. There might be a budget, but a lot of it would probably go into the actual costs of putting it together. So unless it's got um, some sort of ad sponsorship attached to it. And even then, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's the, the key misconception is that there's so much um, the glamour and everything about it makes people think that there's loads of money in it. And I don't think that there, there is. I think there's a big divide between the top and the bottom in fashion. You know, there's some people who you're shooting an ad campaign and they're getting paid six figures. And then, but you've also got people on the same shoot who are either working for free or getting a hundred pound day rate. So there's a huge sort of divide in terms of the top and the bottom. But I think, yeah, it's, it's all around the budgets and everything um, is, is the main misconception. Well, I actually started this off by talking about your YouTube channel and I feel like prepare for a really ridiculous amount of complimentary words to come out here. But um, I find most, I find, I do find most photography on YouTube to be, um, it's people making videos for videos sake. I do find a lot of it to be content for content sake and maybe not always that there's something to be said. It's just another way for someone to shill uh, a six minute video to get past the monetization line. Whereas with yours, I actually just find you, your videos remind me a lot of there's, um, they're hard to find now because for some reason Vogue's pulled them all, but there was these Testino special editions of Vogue and they did these really mm. lengthy behind the scenes documentaries, Vogue China being probably the best one. And yours have the similar feel to like the way that the shoots are shown in those videos. And it's just, I've, even though it's maybe not, even when it's not something I would shoot because of A, the lack of skill and B, the, the lack of skill. I still find it really like enjoyable and and educational to watch, but entertaining more than anything, which is obviously the most important part. What is it about doing YouTube? That, what, what, why did you want to do YouTube, I guess, is the question, because so many people, like you say, in the fashion industry are so reserved with sort of showing their hand. How come you were so keen to do it? I, um, I just enjoy documenting my process. Um, even when I, before I started putting videos on YouTube, I was, I've always sort of tried to film a little bit of behind the scenes, but I think one of the key things was also, I learned from those videos, those little Vogue, like sometimes the video would be like a minute long and it would just be like really quick shots of them behind the scenes for the cover shoot or whatever. And I would literally pause it every two seconds to try and look at the setup. And that's how I learned how to shoot just by looking at light placement and, and things like that. So for me, I wanted to sort of give that back as well. Um, go into a little bit more detail, but um, I, I never really see myself as a teacher. I'm just more doc- showing you what I do and documenting my process. Um, and that's sort of what inspired me to sort of do it. And I also just find it fun. I, I like looking at, I like the behind the scenes process. Um, I think that a lot of people don't get to see that. They just see the final image. Um, and people appreciate an image more once they see what goes into it. Once they see the hair, makeup, styling, the lighting and everything, they b- begin to appreciate an image more. So I think that's another key thing. And also it's just, it's just fun. I like editing them. I like sort of playing around with the music and edit, cut into the beat and just making it feel fun and energetic and, and entertaining. Well, I genuinely think that it's like the hidden gem of YouTube right now. Hopefully after this, it won't be the hidden gem anymore people that are interested in photographing people, photography in general fashion, I'd absolutely recommend that they go and check out uh, the YouTube for sure and um, your website and everything. We'll, we'll get to links in a second, but yeah, I mean, it, the purpose of the podcast is entirely to just force other people to like things that I like so that everything is basically life becomes my algorithm, which is all I want really. It's just to get what I want all the time. I really do feel like it's, it's to an extent, and I do apologize for saying this the way that I am. It's a little bit sad to hear that you're struggling with people kind of giving you the attention because you absolutely deserve it. Your work is phenomenal. So let's, let's do that now. Let's start pushing people in your direction. So Instagram, website, YouTube, how can everyone find you? Um, Instagram at Ian Hippo, ianhippo.com. And my YouTube is, if you just type in Ian Hippo, it'll probably come up as well. Like I said, I think just a phenomenal photographer. I can't tell you how much I dislike the fact that you're 22. That's, (laughs) that's frustrated me beyond belief, but phenomenal photographer, lovely guy. Annoyingly good looking as well. That's another frustrating <laughs> thing. I've seen your self portraits. It's like if I did self portraits, they just like screenshots from Lord of the Rings. So uh, <laughs> everyone needs to go check you out. And thank you so much for taking the time to do this. 
Thank you so much for having me. My head is so big now. You've just inflated my ego. <laughs> it's not that I don't care. Need to shut down to keep you out of my mind. It's strange to be here alone. Yeah. A place that we used to go all the time. I need to do this alone. So just stop calling me up. Just be I need to make it stop 